shit, shit, shit show. It's a fucking shit show. Shit show. Welcome back to another episode of Shit Show Saturday. And today we are joined by Shit Show Melissa, one of our Canadian shit shows. Hi. Hello. You ready to be, um, you know what I like to, I call my style, um, I'm a motivational roaster. So are you ready to be motivated, motivationally roasted? <laughs> I am ready. Where are you in Canada again? I'm in just outside of Calgary. So in Alberta, the province of Alberta. Do you take like baths of maple syrup and watch uh-huh. hockey reruns? Mostly I just stick the spout right on the tree and have a shower in maple syrup, but definitely <laughs> always watching hockey in my hall. So what song do you want played when you walk into a room that's not O Canada? I am so excited for you to ask me this question. And it would absolutely be anything from Metallica. But right now, I would really like to have the instrumental part of Hero of the Day played, please. Okay, I will. I'll see what I can do there. Thank you. Uh, favorite carb. My favorite carb, sugar. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, favorite cheese. Um, Swiss cheese or old cheddar. Like in like it's been in the closet for a while. Yeah, really old. Yeah, Caldy. Yeah, like a sock drawer cheddar. Mm-hmm. Um, a favorite condiment. Um, my favorite condiment. I love peanut sauces, but not too spicy mm-hmm. of a peanut sauce. I really do love ketchup too. Me too. And I, I don't like when they do this, the spicy peanut sauce either. No. And whenever I order Thai food, I always get an extra side of it. Yeah. There's actually a place though, near me that they like, they like put booze in it. In their Thai sauce. Yeah. And the peanut sauce. It's really weird. Wow. I'm like, is this a relapse? I'm not counting it. There's a <laughs> peanut salad dressing that Kraft makes and it's actually not spicy at all. And it's good. Yeah, it is. I recommend oh. it. Um, okay. So how the hell did you find out that you were an adult child? Well, I, um, due to a series of events in my life, I found myself needing some support, um, that I wasn't getting anywhere else. And so I ended up going to Al-Anon, um, in December of 2020. And around that time, somebody had mentioned um, adult children of alcoholics and that I should check out the laundry list. So I went and I looked up the laundry list and this was in late 2020. And I felt like I had just been hit with a truck pretty, I think 13 out of 14 of the traits are just like screamed to me. And then early on in my, um, adult child journey, I heard a quote or something from a book about secrets. And it just, again, was another truck that just hit me. Um, I always felt really at home and in such like a nurturing space in Al-Anon. But once I started digging into the adult child stuff, there was no doubt that 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 was me. And yeah, I had found my my people. Uh uh Mm -hmm. So did you have a bottom that led you into Al-Anon? So I had a bottom that led me into Al-Anon, yes. 
um, I had been in a relationship with an addict and an alcoholic. I also had a very best friend who was an addict. Um, and I had family members in addiction and alcoholics and things like that. But this was my bottom that led me to Al-Anon. Um, they, they, they were sleeping together and going on vendors and things together behind my back. And I had no idea. And I, actually, did you really have no idea or were you being like blissfully ignorant? No, straight up. No idea. Wow. How did you find out <laughs> in a terrible way? So I, she started spinning out of like control and was this a friend that you had like before you were in this relationship? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And she met him only through you because yeah. you were dating him. Yeah. Okay. And, um, so she really started spiraling downwards in her addiction and I had to set up boundaries for myself to, yeah, not, not be jumping at all of her, um, crisis calls. And so I had distanced myself in a healthy way. And at the same time, my boyfriend at the time, he was telling me that he he was sober and not drinking and things like that. Did you enter the relationship thinking that he was sober or he got sober in the relationship? He got sober in the relationship. Okay. Yeah. And was he going to meetings or he just dried he said up? He was, and I should have known that he wasn't sober because one day I asked him where he was in his sobriety or how many days clean he was. And he didn't know. And I think <laughs> that should have been I fucking like, counted so long. Right? I mean, I think yeah. I was like, I have 257 days. Yeah. yeah. I should have known you know, right there. You fucking know. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so this, um, girlfriend of mine, she was, she was also married and she, um, went missing and her husband didn't know where she was and they had kids. And so really, really long story short, she actually ended up ODing and she died. And so that mm. fucking broke me. And the person that I turned mm. to through all of this was then my boyfriend. And then I was talking to my friend's husband after like we had a not an inappropriate relationship, but we had a, a relationship with communication. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, he apologized. He was like, I'm so sorry for all of the hurt that she caused you with so-and-so what do you mean and he told me and he told me that they had been going to hotels and that they had been doing this and that and he had proof of things and I I wow. yeah it was really 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 hard and so I ended things with that um person too the the guy that I was in a relationship with that was the breaking straw for me and so I I broke up with him, but he would call me all the time, even with him being blocked and everything. And I just was so tired of losing so many days to mm -hmm. feeling guilt about my friend dying and feeling anger to myself that I had chosen this person as a partner. And so at that time, I was also working with a, like a inner work coach or a mentor. And she suggested going to Al-Anon because it was, that was the kind of support that I needed. And I went to my first Al-Anon meeting and it was just the safest, most welcoming space that I've ever, ever encountered. And I go every Thursday morning. I don't miss it's, it's part of my life. 
So let's now get into the fun stuff. Um, <laughs> tell me about your, your upbringing. So what the hell did dysfunction look like within your home? Well, um, I don't remember a ton of my really young stuff. I know that my dad was always either drinking or drunk from being at golf or baseball, or he was really, really, really fucking mean and so scary. And I know that there was abuse in my home. Um, Then my mom, we moved to Houston when I was little um, and Mm -hmm. with my parents. And my mom ended up leaving us when we were in Houston. And how old were you? I was nine. So then there's my first big abandonment room. And left me with my dad and my brother. Like nothing just like disappeared? No, like- it was it was like she they did it in like the best way that they could. Was it I should have gone with my mom. There's no way I should have been left with my dad. I should have been taken and gone with my mom. But, and I do understand, and I don't have anger to my mom for leaving. I know that that's what she had to do because I reached a point in my journey with my dad and brother where I had to do the same thing. So being with my dad and my brother, there was a lot of neglect and like my dad not being around he started dating and working all the time my brother was really um abusive and unhealthy towards me and then my dad pardon older brother older brother yeah and then my dad got remarried when I was like 11 I think to this lady and honest to goodness I shit you not Andrea she makes Cinderella stepmom look like a cake <laughs> she was horrible horrible and um and I remember if I wanted to just sit beside my dad on the couch at like six o'clock at night just sit beside him she would get so fucking mad and threatened by me that she would slam cupboards around and slam the bedroom door and she would go to bed at 6 15 because I came downstairs to like be downstairs And then my dad would go chase after her. And then that would be it. When I first met her, one of the first things that she said to me, I was standing out on the driveway with her and I asked her, so do you like kids? And she looked at me and she goes, nope, never have, never will. Like, yeah. So that was my dad's second wife. Did you have a relationship with your mom? Like, was she just completely absent or did you still talk to her? No, we still talked. But did she go back to Canada or did you, did you guys, or you stayed in Houston? No, we stayed in Houston. And so I saw her in the summer times and every other. Okay. And we talked, but my dad's wife and like, my dad was also gone all the time working out of town away. So we were always left with this lady and my brother would just take off and go do what he did. Um, And she would just just be like mean and write lists of things for us to clean and do and stuff. She was just awful. And then um, I reached a point where I just couldn't even handle it anymore. I think that, I think that my mom also realized that too, of how much it well, I was going to say, did you like, would you say to her, would you ask, beg her to like, take you? Totally. Or, like, and what would she say? No. It was all my dad. My dad is a very scary 
person. And I think that my mom being a person fleeing abuse, how do you stand up to the man and say, no, I'm going to take her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think that too, my dad probably started to realize what was happening to me. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I'm sure too, that my dad's wife made it pretty clear that he wants that she wanted me gone too. And so then I ended up leaving and moving and living with my um, mom and her at what age husband. So I moved when I was like 12 years okay. old to a pretty small town. So from Houston, Texas to this little small town in rural Alberta, I dressed different than everybody. I had huge lips that didn't fit my face and I was from Texas. And so all of these fucking mean girls would tell me, Houston, we have a problem or call me (laughs) N-word lips and just be Mm. fucking horrible to me. And so in grade seven, I started cutting myself and self-harming. And Mm. I honestly don't remember. I remember my mom finding out about that, but I don't really remember how I grew out of that or like how things changed. And then things in Houston for my, um, my dad and my brother went down downhill for them too. And now my brother's one of my qualifiers too. So Mm. just a whole lot of dysfunction. It sounds pretty normal. For sure. Right. (laughs) Sounds lovely. And the most fucked up thing is, is that for me to say all of that, I think like, I know it's not normal, but it doesn't feel like I don't know. Like it, it was my childhood. It's how I grew up. Right. Yeah. That's all, you know, that's your story. Exactly. Um, so what laundry list traits have caused you the most pain in adulthood? So, um, like I mentioned before, I really do resonate with the majority of the laundry list traits, but for me, I am terrified of authority, terrified of authority. Mm. Um, I always think that I'm in trouble, even if I know that I'm not in trouble, I still think that I'm in trouble. I am ridiculously insecure. Yeah, very, very insecure. And I'm terrified of abandonment. Yeah, really. (laughs) For sure. Try to date me. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So you've already talked a little bit about romance and attach a a fear of abandonment. So I'm assuming that you're an anxious attacher. For sure. Absolutely. Did you have a series of, of codependent toxic relationships before the one that you just mentioned? Yes. I mean, I have dated a whole lot of really not nice people. I've been controlled to, gems. to the point of where it's like, this is the days I could paint my nails and this is what I wore. And this is what time I had to be home to physical abuse horrible, horrible relationships. So this one, um, that the last one that I just shared about, um, with that being a rock bottom of like, this is not what I want my life to be. Um, I took two years off from any sort of relationship and really just dug into myself. And it was the best two years ever, Mm. ever, ever, ever. It was such a gift to myself. And sometimes like, I didn't even like hook up with anybody, anything like that in that time. And people had so much judgment about that. But I think that it was the healthiest, best thing that I did for myself. 
And then I really did. And I still stand by this. I'm not afraid at this. Like, I am no longer afraid to be alone. I'm great Mm. single. And like, I love myself on my own. And I love the life that I have created um, as a single person. But I do feel like I reached that point in my healing journey where it was time to be in a relationship. And so I am in a relationship now. And it's a wild ride for sure. But I think that I don't think I know that it's where I'm supposed to be in my healing journey to get to try the things that I have been working on and learning and Mm -hmm. and trying to grow. Yeah. Dipping that toe in the pond girl. Right. Totally. I feel so fucking lucky for my partner. It makes me, my nose tingle (laughs) because he does a really good job at holding space for me to be this adult child with so many issues and I push him so fucking hard so hard um to the point where he's broken too but um I do feel lucky to have a person to to be me and be in a relationship with for sure Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anytime that I've like had long periods of being single, mm-hmm. my, my one friend, she calls them the great drought. So I remember, I remember when I finally had sex after a while, I texted her, I was like, the great drought is over. Right? <laughs> <laughs> totally. The great drought. Just the uh, best and so worth it. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. <laughs> the great droughts have been some of the best times of my life. Let's be honest. <laughs> For sure. No <laughs> Um, so give me a shit show story. So, um, give me a story you don't want to share. Let's hear something. (laughs) I wrote down. So I do, I did have a really, really dark, dark rock bottom in, um, shit show story in November, December. And I even wrote in my journal as I was preparing for this, but I'm not ready to share about that. So maybe we'll have a part two. No, it's bad. It almost took me out. Like darkness almost took me out. But a okay. shit show. I'll keep story. checking back in. Huh? <laughs> I'll keep checking back into when you're ready. Okay. So I live in Canada and it gets quite cold here. Um, and so I have this huge fear of authority and that I'm always going to be in trouble and that I've always like done something wrong and everything is my fault. So mm-hmm. I rented my home and um, for some reason the dryer broke down stairs in my house and so I instantly thought I can't tell my landlord I'm going to be in trouble if I tell my landlord they're going to get mad at me it's going to be my fault and it's going to cost me so much money so I'm just not going to tell anybody and so for months and months I just put my clothes in the dryer with the air setting on for hours at a time just to get them to dry but then once it started <laughs> to get too cold I couldn't do that anymore they wouldn't fucking freeze. Yeah. (laughs) And so I was telling my um, mentor person about this, but like the fear of authority is a real fucking thing. And I was so afraid. And she was like, Melissa, your homework this week is to call your landlord and tell (laughs) her your dryer is broken. 
<laughs> and I procrastinated it so much, but I did it. Mm. And it was seriously the biggest weight off of my shoulders. And she fixed my dryer. I wasn't in trouble. But then to reflect on that experience of like, I shit you not, it was like six months of me with dryer <laughs> because of being afraid I was in trouble for nothing. Like I didn't do anything. So yeah, that's when I can laugh at. That's pretty <laughs> embarrassing. I don't want to tell people, but yeah, it's okay. I'm not like afraid of authority, but I will put that shit off too for like, like of my, I've one of my, in my kitchen sink, it like, it's been spewing water, like all, which the, the sink has been broken. The faucet has been broken for quite a while. Yeah. yeah I don't know what the fuck that's about. I I'm the same way. You need a homework uh, assignment. Yeah, yeah, I do. Get your <laughs> totally. Um, so before we get into what has been helpful for you and what recoveries look like what has been like the most difficult aspect of this work for you I think there's two things I think that it is really difficult to be so honest with myself because once I know I can't unknow and if I am being really honest with myself I'm going to be honest with myself about the shitty things too And so Mm -hmm. while I'm grateful to have that awareness, it's really hard. It's really hard to take responsibility for really, really shitty things I've said and done to people when I've been lashing out. Um, Yeah, that piece. And then another piece to it is I fear the opinion or the judgment of others with it. Um, only recently have I started saying out loud that I'm in recovery and Mm. like, I am, I'm in recovery from a lot of toxic, unhealthy, shitty things. And just because it's not a crack pipe that I'm in recovery from doesn't mean that it hasn't caused damage. And Mm. so, um, yeah, I, I really do fear that that's a quote right there. Just because it wasn't a crack pipe, it doesn't mean it didn't. Do, let's, we need to make a t shirt out of that. Right. But it's yeah. so true. So, yeah, I would mm. say that. Um, so, you've mentioned Al Anon, ACA. What other recovery tools have you used, resources? Um, I do, I am in a couple different um, meetings. So, Al Anon, I also am in a weekly inner work circle, women's circle, um, just to do different pieces of inner work and look at different pieces of myself, like inner child work, inner teenager work and things like that, um, has been key for me. Um, having my sponsor makes a whole huge world of difference. Just somebody that it's wild to have a person that I can tell terrible things Mm. to, and they don't they don't stop liking me or, or they mm-hmm. don't think any differently of me. And so she has just been such a gift to me because it builds confidence for me that I can do bad things and someone still likes me. And especially it being a, like a, a, a woman, an older woman. Yeah. So um, my journal saves my fucking life. I would be lost without journaling. I think it's one thing for me to think things, um, 
but to get things out has been huge for me. Even writing, like one time in my journal, I wrote a, a letter, a hate letter to my friend that fucked mm-hmm. my boyfriend. I was fucking mad as I should have been. So getting that shit out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what about a book that's rocked your socks? Um, I actually, when I first kind of in, I don't know, 2006 started digging into spirituality, I found Louise Hay and her book, You Can Heal Your Life, I think really, really just opened my eyes to everything. And I've actually started rereading that book again. Um, just within the last couple of weeks, because it just brings everything back to being so simple. And it's so complex in my mind, but it really, really is so simple. It's not easy, but it's just, yeah, just the basics. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you've already given a lot of examples and in, in ways in which you've grown and healed, uh, anything else in particular that you want to Cause I do think it's so fucking important that we give ourselves the acknowledgement for ways in which we have grown, Yeah, you know? Thank you. I recognize, um, lately in my growth that I'm finishing things that I start and mm. I didn't really know how much of a thing that was for me until mm. recently and like digging into it. And reflecting on how many unfinished things I have. And so I, yeah, want to recognize that I finished my 12 steps for the first time. I finished my Reiki training. Um, Yeah, just, it feels good to finish things. And that's new. Yes, we are the champions of not bringing things to the finish Mm -hmm. line. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I can relate. We get so jazzed. We get so jazzed up about something. And then I shit the bed before it gets to the end. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are three things that you like about yourself? Um, I like, I do really like that I have awareness and that mm. I get to, I like that I have the balls to um, break the cycle. They're big. I can see them now. Right? big balls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I like that I'm kind. I really do believe that I am a very, very kind person and my intentions are kind. And I think I am a super awesome mom. Mm. Yeah. How many kids do you have? I have one. I have one How? son and he will be nine in like a month. Yeah. So what has this process been like for you as a mother? I think that if anything, it has made me realize how critical it is for me to do this work because I do not want to pass things down to him. I think even, um, yeah, like breaking cycles of things, his dad and I are not together but we have the best co-parenting relationship and he is my friend. I'm happy when Easton gets to go and be with his dad. Like there's no animosity there. And I think I still can't even group text message my parents together. And so it's Mm. motivated me so much (laughs) to, to heal my shit and just show up. 
without uh-huh. this kind of work and without keeping my side of the street clean, I literally am the person that falls into dark depression and stares at the wall and is too fucking anxious to leave my house. And that is not the kind of mom that he deserves. What is your relationship like with your parents today? Um, I have a really, really um, positive relationship with my mom, especially in the last little while um, with some healthy boundaries put in place. Um, Yeah, my mom has always been there to support me. My dad always has been there to support me too. It's just been different ways. And is he still with that woman? Fuck no, (laughs) no, not at all. He is happy. When did they, how long were they married? Um, I don't know. I know that they didn't reach 10 years, but yeah, they ended up getting divorced and she's a horrible woman. My dad is (laughs) married now and his wife now is not a horrible woman. So thankfully went when there. Right. Um, so what is a hope, a dream, a desire that you have for your future? My dear, I love this question. So my dream for myself is that I can keep doing my work that I get to a point where I can get out of my own way to start living my dream. Like, especially with where I'm at in life right now with having this dream of doing energy work, I need to get out of my own way so that I can start working towards that because I know that I'm the only person standing in my way right now. But it sounds like you have been doing it if you finished your training. Yes, but um, it would be sweet to be making money at it and have a, a business with it. That's my dream. Yeah. You're there. Yeah. Like I said in the episode, it's like, I think we're always going to be in our way a little bit and it's just going to be a process of like continuing to push ourselves out of the way. Yeah. I actually really love that you are going along for this ride too. And that you talk about that because it is very comforting to know that I'm not alone in feeling that or, or yeah, being scared about what's to come. Yeah. Yeah. I think that yeah. I think it just like morphs. I think like getting in our way just like continues to morph into different ways and it's, you know, it becomes like more subtle, but it's always going it, to, how is it? I heard it described as like, it like resistance is like the villain in the movie. Like there'd be no movie if there was no villain. Exactly. <laughs> you know? exactly. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much. Thank See, you. look at all these cool people that are in the Patreon groups, guys. Yes. Come. Yeah, honestly, and this is not just a plug, but I really, really love this space that you've created. I do. I love how it's just kind of like open and welcoming. And I feel like Al-Anon is like my structured, like, I don't know, Mm -hmm. nurturing home. But when I come into your rooms, it's like a sigh of relief of like, these are my people. Mm. yeah I love that me too come on people yeah feed a bitch right (laughs) (laughs) thank you Andrea girls gotta eat so does Kiki (laughs) (laughs) yeah totally
Well, that wraps up Shit Show Saturday. As always, sign up for the Patreon. That is where I host weekly support groups, and it's where you say thanks, Andrea, for all that you do. Patreon.com slash adultchild. Follow me on TikTok and Instagram at adultchildpod, and give me a damn five-star rating on Apple and Spotify, and I will see y'all shit shows on Wednesday. Bye! Let it all go.